Big Fluff. Paramedics said we should follow up with another shot. For all we know, that wolf could have had rabies. Oh, oh, so now it's a wolf. Jimmy, I never said it wasn't. I just said I didn't see it. Yeah, it was more like a werewolf. Okay, and I found this website last night, and according to legend, a werewolf feeds during the lunar cycle. That's the three nights around the full moon. Last night was the first moon of the lunar cycle. Why can't you just download porn like other teenage boys? Excuse me for trying to make conversation. Okay, so what would a werewolf be doing in L.A.? Shouldn't it be off in the countryside somewhere, terrorizing helpless maidens? I don't know, maybe it's a hip werewolf. You know, the maidens come here with uh, perfectly implanted breasts. You should get to school. Hey, I was bitten by a werewolf. I mean, that's not good enough for a sick day. I could be cursed. Everybody's cursed, Jimmy. It's called life. Hey everybody, I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver linings. And it's the second week of October and we are continuing to look at maligned scary movies. And I think this is the last one. I think we've done all six. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough genre because most people just absolutely get it right. And yeah, it, universally beloved, uh, criti critical darlings, the horror film films. Well, and this is such a, a rare miss because this is the team behind the ever popular Scream franchise, like reunited. And all of those are great. And they're all great. Uh, every, everybody loves them. But yes, yeah, so they teamed up for a werewolf movie. And here we are. Yeah, uh, the movie is Cursed, came out in... Uh, was finally released in 2005 after 37 years of development hell. Uh, the original version starred Sissy Spacek mm -hmm. and John Travolta. And they just kept rerunning it and having to recast the parts. Yeah, most of the cast wasn't born when, when they started. It started. Yeah. And they finally got to Jesse Eisenberg and Christina Ricci. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's what you realize is that everything happens for a reason and that's that's the dream team that we needed to to make a true horror classic. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's got Wes Craven, it's got Kevin Williamson, who do have some real legitimately good movies. So, I mean, the original Scream, I think, holds up as a, a stalwart of both satirizing and actually being an entry into the slasher genre. Yeah, I think Wes Craven, I mean, he has the original Scream, he has the parody he did of himself in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I mean, those two alone, they're just right. true, true classic. Perfect. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's got a lot of, I mean, he does, he is an icon of horror directing and writing. No, I mean, Wes Craven, did, he's a name that is attached to films, including this one, you know, to, to let you know, like his name sells horror movies. Right. Because at the time... Christina Ricci or Joshua Jackson was the biggest star in this movie. Yeah, this is right before Milo Ventimiglia did uh, Heroes. I mean, <laughs> I think maybe from the time it started till the time it was finished, he might have been cast in Heroes. But, he might have uh, both done Heroes and his run on Gilmore Girls. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like he hadn't really blown up. I mean, Judy Greer criminally underrecognized her entire career, so still, well, yeah. That so year. she's she's always, yeah. I mean, she's always around. 
Um, I, actually, was Maya the biggest star at this point? Maybe. One of my favorite things, uh, bits of trivia about this, uh, which you've kind of hinted at, but just to say it because you, you know, you did it in the joking way. But in all seriousness, the original script was greenlit in 2000 and the film came out in 2005 after like many changes, four different sets of reshoots, you know, half of the original cast just going on to other projects. It was... No, there were legit actors. It wasn't Travolta and Sissy Spacek from yeah. 1974. Um, it was uh, Skeet Ulrich had shot scenes for the movie mm-hmm. uh, so, and uh, a lot of other uh, well-known young actors from the time yeah who just became unavailable because they kept changing everything but uh no one of the just strange things because of the five years it took from the initial script to getting it out into theaters is that there's a whole plot in this movie about the fact that christina ricci's character works for the craig kilborn show which by the time the movie came out what it didn't exist it didn't anymore. exist it was the it was the uh, craig ferguson show yeah so like that's just one of the many weird things is that uh you kilborn is in the movie playing himself um and he's interviewing scott Bayo, who's uh playing a relevant person so he's doing a lot of acting i mean you want to get to a silver lining right Right away. I bought him as a, a relevant star. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I apparently what I did read when I was reading stuff that one of the versions I think had Scott Bayo being a werewolf or like being way more prominently involved. In- I would have been here for that, in all honesty. Shocker, Maureen McCormick, who is also hinted at being in the movie. Uh, Marsha Brady from the Brady Bunch. She's the alpha werewolf. <laughs> Yeah, I, would, I mean, why not? Why not? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this movie, you know, like it just continued to be changed and changed. I mean, one of the things I liked this, this is one of the things I saw in 2014, Judy Greer uh, did an interview where she said, I don't know why that movie got so fucked up. I don't understand it. I thought the script was fine. Honest to God. I didn't get the big deal. I don't know who kept making them fuck with it. <laughs> and then she says, uh, we shot the movie for like seven years. I think they said we had four movies worth of footage. It was so fun, but so weird. I don't get it. I couldn't figure it out. All right. We'll see you next week then, yeah. everybody. Judy Greer I mean, had kinda... fun. Silver lining. Um. Yeah, like another weird, another just weird bit is that so originally Rick Baker, uh, who is one of the uh, foremost like practical effects creature makeup studios, I'm going to say is the like for werewolf effects. Rick Baker is yeah, the. I mean, if not company. him, it's Stan Winston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are one and two, right? Yeah. Um, but Rick Baker, uh, had done a bunch of creature effects, but the movie took so long that they he couldn't finish doing it so they had to bring another uh makeup crew uh to do the werewolf effects for the finished product which also had a mix of cgi in it well right yeah so he was hired they filmed stuff using what like rick baker was working on but they ended up rewriting and changing so much that they couldn't use the footage so they brought in someone else and then they continued to rewrite it and couldn't use a lot of that footage so in the end a lot of what we got was CGI. Also, a lot of what we got is not seeing the werewolves. Yeah, a lot. It's the the Jaws effect, but not nearly as good. But yeah, it's it's just a strange thing. So in this version, 
Jesse Eisenberg and Christina Ricci are a brother and sister who are living together. Their parents are dead. Um, they get into a car accident. They're bit by a werewolf. They become werewolves. Well, kind of. Sort of. They start to become werewolves, they, kind of. They start to become werewolves, kind of. In the original version, they weren't brother and sister. They were two of three characters who uh, all were in this storyline. The third being Skeet Ulrich, who played a character named Victor, who was apparently a rich kid who uh, had his own completely different, completely taken out storyline. He was some rich entitled kid uh, who had like an absentee father. And so and may have been a love interest for Christina Ricci's character. Yeah. And so like, yeah, they, they ended up shuffling out characters. They, the whole uh, Pacey from uh, Dawson's Creek as his, his legal name. Uh, he was brought in and that char character was created because they, they cut Skeet Ulrich from the film. Yeah. Which weirdly, if you want, if everybody wants a bit of silver linings playback inside scoop about this movie so i actually uh interviewed uh a screenwriter slash producer named joel swasan uh you can find that that i did that for hobo radio it's on hobo trash can but one of the things that he told me that is really fascinating is apparently again like judy greer said they had so much footage that they didn't use from all the reshoots that at one point he was actually hired to take the Skeet Ulrich footage and make a new movie out of it. <laughs> that they just, because they had all this stuff, that they were like, I don't know, see what you can do with this. And he was supposed to like mad libs a new movie out of it. And it was sort of like, well, we have his dialogue. You can rewrite what Christina Ricci is saying to him. You just, we will cast a new brunette actress and you can have her say anything she wants as long as she's not talking about werewolves because it's not going to be about werewolves uh but apparently like he at least wrote a script and then they they never went and forward. that movie as good as it gets yeah it turned into as good as it gets like bizarrely enough that's how hollywood works that's why they had helen hunt be a brunette mm-hmm it was just so it would match the pre-existing footage there from was coverage first. shots they needed to get so yeah. I mean, Hollywood's a wild town, but yeah, yeah. So, like, that's that's what was going on here. They had so much footage; they were using the cutting room floor footage to make new movies. <laughs> this is one of the, I would say, it ranks in the all-time weirdest backstage or like behind-the-scenes drama for a SLP movie. Well, especially because we've had a lot of shows. You know, like we talked about League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and and other movies that. That seemed like they had very chaotic sets, like Hellboy, the new Hellboy seemed like one. But this one, I think, stands out to me because nobody can seem to even figure out why, like what was happening. It just seemed like they yeah. kept, you know, like second guessing it's it. almost, and hear me out on this, that the movie was cursed. You know, I did think that, and I'm glad you brought that up. How funny is it that you call a movie cursed and then... It and just the production is just cursed from Jump Street like this. Yeah. The most A to A Hollywood urban legend. Just <laughs> um, yeah. The, the, the chaos that went into making this movie, uh, the fact that something came out that had some semblance of sense to it at all is kind of impressive. I will say, 
having watched this movie, if I didn't know everything, I would have been like, oh, okay. They made a okay werewolf movie. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a little choppy at points. Like some like there are scenes that definitely seem a little out of order, but like nothing is jarring to watch it. It's it's not like a a Ed Wood ask. Yeah, we got that shot. We'll we'll make we'll we'll fix Bella Lugosi dying in post. Yeah, I mean there was some. Stuff, I will say specifically like the Jesse Eisenberg Christina Ricci thing. It did take me a while to figure out that in this version they were supposed to be brother and sister because I think some of the earlier footage didn't really make that clear. I was like, why are they living together? What's happening? Well, okay, right. they live together alone, but they're not a, like it was. Yeah, all of that was a little odd. Especially because, like, Christina Ricci is, she's young looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesse Eisenberg looks the same. Yep. Now as he did, you know, 16 years ago when this movie came out. Or, you know, 38 years ago when this movie was filmed. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, you know, like many people cast as high schoolers, uh, they don't look like high schoolers. Yep. Uh his love interest that was woefully underdeveloped uh, is another example of she looked 30. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also felt like sometimes like it seemed like people were aging. Like you can, some of the actors were so young. I think they were older by the, the time the film was yeah, like noticeably some of that happening. Yeah. Because like I had that with, with my wife, Molly, like she passed by when I was watching it and when she first saw uh, Milo Ventimiglia she was like oh my god he looks so young there but I felt like by the end of the movie <laughs> he looked older he started to have like the five o'clock shadow he does on this is us yeah uh, but yeah so I mean that's some of the stuff also oh yeah well we're just talking about weird changes and all of that before we maybe get more specifically into the movie they also hired the original script and the original what they told Wes Craven was that they wanted an R-rated horror movie. And then uh, at the last, maybe last, last minute, I don't know, one of the four reshoots, they decided to make it PG-13. Yeah. And the crazy thing was, like, the script didn't seem like it had a lot of language or anything. There was It was just like an R for gore, and they just decided to pull all the gore at the last minute. Well, and again, I mean, it seems like what they really decided to pull was the werewolves. <laughs> like, I, I think that's a lot of what I got from it. Maybe you feel differently. But like, to me, the finished product that we ended up with because of they lost the, the special effects and because they lost you know, the ability to do gore is like, there really wasn't that much werewolfing in it. No, and I, I mean, we've said this about, I feel like a lot of movies recently, like that we've done in the last few weeks or so, that, because um, I know this is true of Rampage, that when you do a movie about giant monsters fighting each other, you want as much giant monsters fighting each other as possible. Yeah, and, and I mean- And when you want a werewolf movie, you want some quality werewolf and and- and I, I even get lacking in quality werewolfing. Yeah, I get like the the jaws of it all. You know, if you if you look at it this way, I mean, sometimes, especially with horror movies, because there's a slight difference between like Rampage and this in that like kaiju movies, you want to see that monster as much as possible. I understand horror. Sometimes it's scarier to not see the thing. Sometimes it's fun to do a camera that is the monster or whatever. But it's like it just didn't feel like there was much of that at all. I like I said, I, in when I think back on this movie it felt like a lot of conversations about werewolves and not many scenes where werewolves were doing things, whether or not they were on camera or not. They, they see the werewolves seemed like luggage in their own story. They didn't seem 
proactive enough. Yeah, like even um, and I, I mean, I don't know if we're going to go beat by beat for this movie, but even like in the climax, um, the like the final fight, if you will, is uh, Pacey, Christina Ricci and uh, Lex Luthor fighting <laughs> um, also, and all, almost being werewolves. I think you just pitched an amazing crossover. Of it. <laughs> the Smallville Dawson's Creek, also Christina Ricci is playing herself crossover event. Yeah, I'm here for it. Yes. Yeah, we didn't talk about the fact that, yes, uh, Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville play, is also in the movie. Plays guy who keeps noticing that Christina Ricci looks different. That's his, yeah. it's his character name in the film. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because the guy's first name is Guy, you know, uh -huh. a fairly common first name. Yeah, like Free uh, Guy. It, what? Like Free Guy, the Ryan Reynolds movie. His name is Guy. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, Guy Fox, Guy Ritchie. It's a, it's a first name. Mm -hmm. It's a thing that happens. Uh, but then his last name was uh, this long Scandinavian who keeps noticing Christina Ricci looks different. Um, just a weird choice. Like, what if they hadn't cast Christina Ricci? Yeah, I mean, it's it's good that they got her, but also it's still weird because her character name is not Christina Ricci. No, so. it, it is not. So it, it's it's really strange. There also, I think some of the the cut footage was him explaining that his name was actually longer, but when his family came through Ellis came Island, Ellis Island, they, they shortened they Americanized it. it. Yeah, to Christina Ricci because she didn't <laughs> she existed in America, but not not in, in Scandinavia. Not in Scandinavia. So yeah, you know, that it was, was part it of was it. originally about uh, Brigitte Nielsen. Mm -hmm. But it, that didn't that didn't play. No, in it New didn't York. play in the states. Yeah. So they changed it. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah. So that's all he does. He just right, Hollywood hire us to punch up your script. We'll make them better. I don't know if you're if you can't tell, but I mean, from that alone, I think is pretty clear what we can bring to yeah. the table. If you have any more footage of Skeet Ulrich that needs uh, another half of the conversation, we'll get it. Gets even better. The sequel to yeah. Kids. Oh, you thought that was good. Yeah. Wait just, till how you see how good this is. Just wait. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess talk, like talking about the movie too. Like, I really dig werewolves as a movie monster. Like one of my personal faves. Like when I was a kid, I always really dug werewolves. Um. And what's like, your I think favorite? One of the things that what's your favorite werewolf movie? Oh, American Werewolf in London. Okay, yeah, right? That's That was the best one. Yeah. I mean, I love the original Wolfman, like the 1931. I think that's uh, an absolute classic, and it holds up as a movie, but American Werewolf in London freaking rules. Yeah, no, it's great. It's um, yeah, To me, it's it's American Werewolf in London, then uh, number two is Monster Squad. Yeah, number two is definitely Monster and Squad. And then it's Teen Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are the best. I will say, no, I, the reason I asked you- I have you, a soft was, spot for The Howling, even though we could absolutely do any of those movies for this podcast. Yes. No, but that was kind of my thought. That's why I wanted to ask you, because for some reason, I feel like werewolves have been the hardest thing for Hollywood to adapt, you know, in recent, in, in more recent times. Like, it, it seems like, you know, they can always, I mean, zombies- that's just a license to print money. It doesn't even matter what zombies do at this point. Just you say the word zombie and your movie makes a hundred million dollars at the box office. It's just a guarantee. But like, yeah, zombies work. It feels like there's good vampire movies constantly. But like, it feels like there's been more. Maybe this is I mean, this is definitely anecdotal. But in my head, 
it feels like the the werewolf genre has not had the modern day foothold that some of these other genres have had. Right, because like they show up in the Twilight Saga, and it's like kind of cheesy. Um, well, that's I mean, the Underworld series. The Twilight thing was so weird. I think that's it. Is it's like. I, I, maybe people don't know what to do with werewolves anymore, but yeah, I mean, Twilight, it was like, they fall in love with babies. That's, that's the thing with werewolves now. They're, yeah, they're that's, all that's shirtless. Classic bit of whale, werewolf mythology. Yeah. A big part of having lycanthropy is that you fall in love with, with unborn babies. Unlike this movie that stuck to the classics, like werewolves can't touch picture frames. I mean, right. that's classic lore, you know? Yeah. Um... Yeah, and I like, and I think that's part of the other thing is that like, like Teen Wolf and American Werewolf in London and Monster Squad, none of those are played straight. Yeah, you know, like they're all kind of comedies too, but they're all like the werewolf in American Werewolf and in Monster Squad both look awesome. Yes. Um. Also, it's been a and- while since I've seen. Monster Squad, can you remind me about that Wolfman? I'm trying to remember, because I know there was the whole thing. They couldn't use, like, the classic uh, movie monster design, so they had to change a lot of them. They didn't want to get sued. But in that version, did that Wolfman have nards? Um, it's, I, I, I haven't done my annual rewatch of Monster Squad, and I've been just watching so many other movies, but I'm, like, 99% sure that Wolfman's got nards. Yeah, I really, I can't remember. Like, I, I, you know, I w- really wish I could. It feels like that would be an important thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, if there's one thing to know about werewolves is that they have nards. That was, as far as I can recall, that original Wolfman that you mentioned, like, movie, that was, that was like 80. It was weird how much they commented on it in yeah. the 1931 Lon Chaney You would Wolfman. have thought that, like, standards and practices would have cut that stuff, but no. It but was just like a big old set. On the Wolfman, whenever he changed, like they in like graphic. I didn't know that in the 1930s you could say, "Ow, that wolf just bit my nards." Like, yeah, but it's it, you know you get one, and that was the one that they show. They you know they made sure to get that in, and they used it well when the wolf was biting his nards. I thought that that right, was like if the you're gonna did it, bite the guy's nards. Yeah, so so that was like the time to use it if you're gonna use right. One. I mean, how often are you gonna have a Wolfman bite someone's nards? I mean, if you're gonna do a Wolfman movie, there's a Decent chance. I was going to say, gonna like, how nards. often would the average person do it, or how often do I do it in the spec scripts I write? Because for me, it's <laughs> nine to ten. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> like, but like, there's that times travel script you wrote that has no werewolves in it, but there's just talking about wolf werewolves biting nards. Yeah, most of the characters I write are really afraid of that happening. I mean, it's a legitimate fear. I mean, I I don't always think about it, but whenever I do, I'm like, man, I hope my nards are safe from werewolf bites Mm -hmm. that's why and here here's a tip you can use this in your screenwriting i have a lot of my characters they were uh cups you know like athletic cups that are made out of silver just in case they get a bite on the nards (laughs) you know that reminds me since i said athletic cups if if i can segue to the next thing that i'd love to talk about this movie uh, I don't know if everybody listening knows this, but I know this about you because uh, we're friends in real life. Not to brag, but you and I are, are we're real life friends. Uh, yes. It, you're a wrestling coach. I am a wrestling coach. And this movie had wrestling in it. It uh, did. A high school wrestling. So I just like, I wouldn't want to pass up 
your expertise to comment on the wrestling that we got in Cursed. Well, um, let me just say, uh, no notes. Okay, right. That's that's what I see. That's why I wanted to ask you because I'm I don't have that expertise that you have. But watching it, I was like, I bet this is like what Andy does. Yeah, no. Uh, sometimes we'll just grab random kids out of the bleachers and make them wrestle the best kid on the team. Yeah, and wrestle uh, like multiple we just decide, people. Because one of the kids decides that that kid's trying out. We also have our practices in full view of the stands. Seemingly during, was it during gym class? I, I couldn't figure it out. Maybe. Yeah. Or were all those kids just hanging out? After Hang out school. to watch wrestling practice because that's uh, you, that's you, a fun thing to watch as a spectator. Is a bunch of kids doing sprints and push ups and. But either way, Jesse Eisenberg, who is aware that he's turning into a werewolf, and I didn't mean to do aware as a pun that just kind of happened. But he he like cool guy jumps onto the bleachers and is like he's like full Fonzie. He's he like borderline superhero lands onto the bleachers and then it's just kind of like hey, it's me. And then uh, Ventimiglia, Ventimiglia like sees him and is like, he wants to try out for wrestling practice coach. And then the coach is like, yeah, why not? I don't care. I'm trying to get fired. So sure. <laughs> <laughs> My pension's secured. <laughs> why not? And then he, um, and also is he, he's in street clothes too, if I remember right. <laughs> yes. He's in jeans and like a sweater. Which is what you want to wear for wrestling. It's really practice. like, you know. The singlet just, you know, gives you too much freedom of movement. You want to be restricted by a nice tight pair of dungarees and a sweater. And you want to get up that nice wooly, itchy sweat that only a sweater can provide. Yeah. And then, so then he proceeds to just absolutely destroy the two best wrestlers. Like on right, the squad. With, uh, totally real high school wrestling moves like the um, that suplex that he like held and the flying head scissor yeah flying head scissor and just a suplex where he held a the, straight davy boy smith yeah vertical stalling vertical suplex forever like had him hanging upside down forever and, and then, then just drops him and then just drops no regard him. for anyone's safety <laughs> drops him hard on the mat and none of this ever comes up again no, not not once. Except that this is the moment that apparently so the the whole thing is that uh Ventimiglia's character is like many characters in the early 2000s and everything before that uh is just throwing out all of these like gay, you know, slurs, slurs. and at- just like calling Jesse Eisenberg's character gay. Yeah. Um, bullying him for his homosexuality. And then during that scene, Eisenberg is basically like, maybe you're gay and that's why you're doing it. And then that turns out to be true. And he shows up at his house and he's like, how did you know? So I just, again, letting everyone know that happened. During that is the thing that happens in the movie. During this, uh- the portion where we malign the movie. <laughs> Right. And immediately after that, uh, Jesse Eisenberg's dog turns into a werewolf. Yeah, which I didn't understand at all. And we talked, I don't know, two or three weeks ago about how sometimes movie characters just agree to go along with 
absolutely banana circumstances. This is one of the worst offenses of that. He's like, yeah, so your dog's a werewolf. Let's go find your sister at a nightclub. Then we're 16. Also, we're friends now. I have hated you forever. Attacked you. Yeah. Just mercilessly bullied you. You dropped me on my head. Convinced me that it made me realize that I am, in fact, a gay. You know what? Maybe he got a head injury. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a better explanation. That would actually. But even yeah, the dog thing doesn't make any sense either, because it seemed like early on. And again, four different reshoots, many versions of the script. So who knows? You know, but one of the disjointed things, it seemed like for a long time, dogs were reacting to Jesse Eisenberg and Christina Ricci as if they were uncomfortable around them, suggesting again that dogs were aware that they were turning into werewolves, but then the dog turned into a werewolf. They were aware they were wolves. Yes. A werewolves. Which, by the way, Hollywood, while we're at it, um, Andy and I have been working on a script called A Werewolves, and uh, it's about werewolves, but they're they're very socially active. Like socially the, conscious, woke, if yeah, you will. Yeah, they're kind of woke, you know, and that's they're you know, they're social justice warriors is really if we're being honest about it. And they're trying to fix the planet, but they can only fix it at night during a full moon. So they're limited in their agency. But true to my artistic vision, well, our artistic vision, I shouldn't take all the credit. Uh, they do bite a lot of people in the nards. I want to I'm fully OK giving you full credit because that was all of the <laughs> all the good nard pitches were from you. Yeah, I, it's uh, only a shame if people knew how many that I pitched and how many, you know, they say kill your darlings. And we had to lose like 80, 90 percent of them just to and get under 700 <laughs> nard bites. But every time they do it, that's actually how then someone will be like, I should recycle. Like, that's it's kind of how it works. <laughs> I'll buy a hybrid car. Yeah. And then it's um, like... <laughs> if you let go of my nards, I promise my carbon footprint will be reduced. And then you just see the guy walk, like, all the way to the Prius dealership with the werewolf, like, attached. <laughs> He's just dragging him by the nards. <laughs> To the Tesla dealership. And then it's not as soon as he signs the paperwork, then the immediately releases. Yeah. And all, I mean, the hardest part is they have to find a Tesla dealership that's all night because it has to be oh, during a full moon. 24 hour Tesla dealerships. Yeah. Because <laughs> it has to be during a full moon because we right. are very particular about the details. We're not going to let it, you know, drop the no, ball. We're not going to slack on our, um, our lore. And we also, there's, Huge stretches in the movie where it's like the werewolf shows up and like does cool stuff. And then you just have to wait for the next full moon. So there's weeks go by. Yeah. This movie is shot in real time. Yeah. It's it's like boyhood. <laughs> we got the crew together once a month for 16 years. So you you really see everyone age by the end. Yeah. And, and, but the thing is, what inspired I, by the, the chaos of this movie. Which, like, the thing is, like, you think that that would be a deterrent, but what's cool about it, because it's a werewolves, is the planet is getting so much worse every time we get back together. So we get to write in all of the new, new trauma and catastrophe. Yeah, it's like, oh, a landslide, you know, like tsunami. Sinkholes. Yeah, so it's it really, it's been kind of good for it. It gives us time to catch up. Yeah, and, you know, it's 
we're editing it live you know it's 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 very look it's it's loose on the set you know we we like to let everyone have fun you know yeah we'll let you know we have our scripted takes we let people riff a little bit we do one as scripted and then one where they can say whatever they want yeah we call that james woodsing which confused a lot of people because when you say look you're you can james woods this one the looks you get and you're like oh no 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 oh no no, no, no hold on you can improvise right, so the classic movie vampires yeah they're like oh okay i get it yeah they're like i thought you meant harass amber tamlin and then you know i thought you meant spew reactionary bullshit <laughs> yeah so that gets confusing so that explains a lot of what's on our cutting room floor yeah yeah, yeah. but again this isn't about us you know, no. this, is, this, is, this about, is about cursed. It's about cursed. Um, so, yeah. So a werewolves. Uh, all we need is that studio green light and we'll uh, come into a theater near you. Yep. Um, I don't know where we're at with this. We're, we're kind of bump bouncing around. We're, we're as disciplined in critiquing this movie as the filmmakers were in getting this movie made. Well, so. that's what, Andy, I have good news for you. 90% of this podcast is going to end up on the cutting room floor. And then we're just going to come in and re-record it with new people that aren't us. So yeah, it'd be fine. Um, no, I think, uh, and we already kind of talked about like the last fight, not having any werewolves in it. Um, yeah, like it's, it's, a, it's a lot of, t- it's a lot of hurry up and wait is, I think, the biggest mm-hmm. problem with this. Yes. Yeah. And it like it tries. And well, there's no I, ticking clock that people are waiting for either. There's no like if you don't cure this werewolf curse by the first full moon, you're cursed to be a werewolf forever or anything like that. Right. But the, it's also I, I feel like there is. The mythology gets a little confusing in this movie, too, because it's OK. So there's there's werewolves. And we talked about before. I'm, I'm actually OK with it in this one that it's like silver just kind of irritates them or whatever. But like the real way to kill a werewolf is you have to cut their head off. OK, sure. In your version, that's fine. I'm fine with that. But then it's like there's all this thing about werewolves, but also um, satanic type of stuff. And like there, there's like a head person like all this. I mean, the, the name, all this talk about being cursed and being marked and getting the mark of the beast. And then like, they're, well, the they, pentagram thing has roots in the original 31 Wolfman. Yeah. But I feel like it gets in the weeds with like what this mythology is and like yes. what we're doing is really, yeah. I mean, I understand the connection, but it's just like, they want to talk about that stuff, but then they don't really know what to do with it, but they just keep, I guess that's my thing is they keep introducing a lot of mythology that doesn't really matter. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, I think the last area that I want to malign this is I think every werewolf movie, one of the things that it hinges on is the change. Mm-hmm. And like the change scene, one, it's not a character that you care about. That is the one that you see change into a werewolf. And like, it's just not that good. No. Nope. Well, again, that's where you lost the practical effects guy. You didn't have good cg effects to replace it yeah you yeah when you think about yeah american werewolf in london or you think about any of the classic ones or anything yeah you want to see the person drop to the ground like just hair bursting out of their arms and face and them you know sort of like wincing in pain screaming howling at the moon you know even that i remember last year 
we did what was it Van Helsing? Like it had a really cool where it was like they ripped their human skin off to become werewolves. Yeah, that was I thought that was awesome. That, that was, was that's I, like, if I remember correctly, that was one of our silver linings of that movie. Was might just have how, been the only one that yeah. and Alan Silvestri's score. I think were the two. I'm pretty sure someone got married on the set of that movie. Oh, I think that's that was, right. Yeah, Richard Roxburgh met his wife. See on the set, so there were three. Uh but uh, <laughs> wow. I'm impressed with our memory of a show. I've never thought back. You know, I don't really like to look back, you know, much like uh, Nicolas Cage when he's lighting fires at uh, Willy's Wonderland. I like to yeah. to stare straight ahead, but somehow I'll still get the reflection in my sunglasses. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like and the fact that like the character we see transform is Judy Greer, who I love Judy Greer. She is great. I, she's one of I, my faves. I also love Judy Greer and think she's great. Um, but, and I liked her character in this movie. I'm yeah, probably going to mention her in about five seconds when we pivot to, oh, for to sure. Silver Linings. But, like, but I get what you're saying. She's not the character that you want to see. Like, because they tried to do some like twist that, oh, hey, she's a werewolf. But that you're, they're leading you to think that Joshua Jackson is the werewolf. But then twist, it's actually Judy Greer. But oh, twist, it's also Joshua Jackson. Which that's what you really wanted a twist is it to be the original thing that you thought. Yeah. Um so and that it just gets murky and muddy. And like, yeah, like the fact that the two like protagonists, Christina Ricci and Jesse Eisenberg, never become werewolves. But they make you like it, that feels like something that happened originally and then got cut because Christina Ricci is a werewolf in a like a dream sequence that she has early on. And right. They seem to be getting like again. Eisenberg clearly has like increased strength, and like Teen Wolf's it for a hot second. Yeah, and like they kind of make you think that Christina Ricci might have been behind the the murders of people in the movie. But yeah, then it turns out like the movie really fakes you out that they're werewolfing and don't know. Well, because also Eisenberg wakes up in his neighbor's yard and he's naked in one of the early scenes, which implies that he had been a werewolf. Right. And he also has Spider-Man powers. And he has, and literally does the, the exact scene from Spider-Man with Flash Thompson from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man at school. Yeah. I wouldn't want to fight me either. It's a great line. That scene's great. We should talk about Spider-Man. That movie's good. That movie's awesome. Yeah. Uh, anyways, let, so let's, let, you know what? Let's pivot. Let's talk about the silver linings of Judy this. Greer. Yeah, right away. Yeah, she's great. Judy Greer is great. Liked the character. Uh, liked all of her scenes with Christina Ricci, where she was just a publicist. I also like Scott Bayo's publicist, The Werewolf. I would have watched that movie. My publicist is a werewolf starring Scott Bayo and Judy Greer. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's probably enough footage to make that. I like to imagine, um, and this is one of the humorous scenes that sort of undercut the tension of the movie, but I like to imagine that it was Judy Greer in the werewolf makeup flipping off Christina Ricci for calling her fat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm sure it wasn't the case, but I like to imagine that. I'm going to imagine that now, too, now that you've said it. Let's all imagine that real quick. Let's take a second. Mm -hmm. There it is. Yeah. That was nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, I really liked the scene where Maya was getting stalked by the werewolf. Okay. I thought that, I thought the tension was good. 
Um, I liked that they didn't, when they went to the werewolf's POV for shots, they didn't go into, like, werewolf vision. That kind of made me happy. Um, I don't know, because, like, you'd expect it to go to werewolf vision, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, like, the way she was evading the werewolf was cool. Uh, and then, yeah, the werewolf looked kind of crappy, but I thought I, I did like that scene. I thought that That's was some of the good... most we got of the werewolf, I feel like, was yeah. that scene, too. But, yeah, that was a fun... That was the most you know, paying off on the thing, <laughs> you know, yeah. like that was the biggest like werewolf centric scene in the movie. Uh, until and it end. reminded me of Maya who uh, had some absolute bops back in the late nineties and early aughts. Yeah, no, that's true. That's very true. Uh, all right. This is an, look, this is gonna, this is very specific and it's gonna sound, I mean, well, like, I don't know. I'm going to just be honest. I can't say if I liked this ironically or not, but the biggest smile on my face that I got is to see where Jesse Eisenberg is just Googling werewolves. <laughs> like, he's just at his computer typing in werewolves, and he's just clicking on a GeoCities page. Just whatever angelfire.com site. That was definitely written by a 14-year-old, and is just like, werewolves are super real, you guys, and then just takes that as stone cold fact yeah that next morning that was the clip from the beginning of the episode next morning is eating some lunch meat with christina Ricci. also enjoyed them both just eating lunch meat just and, putting salt on some roast beef on some yeah. cold roast beef but uh, you know what needs salt lunch meat. meat yeah yeah they don't they don't cured meats don't really have a lot of salt do they <laughs> no uh yeah processed cured meats are really lacking in the the sodium department yeah so but yeah he's he's just putting away some lunch meat just being like you know i was just doing some research on the internet and uh werewolves are real which you know for some reason that kind of tracks in 2021 i was gonna, I'm gonna say be in 2021 it, there was something charming about how how honest the movie was in just like i did my own research and reached this conclusion that's definitely the truth yep so I don't know. I I sincerely enjoyed that scene. It just really made me laugh. Who, kudos to the graphics department who made those websites. Who made those werewolf websites? They were I would great. love to know that they're still out there. Yeah, that would be great. Um, I like Christina Ricci, and I liked her in this movie. Yep. Also like Christina Ricci, and liked her in this movie. I thought I honestly I thought in general the acting was pretty solid throughout. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, nothing was too cringy. Um, you know what else I liked? This is small. I liked the one completely random cameo by one Nick Offerman. <laughs> Before he was anybody, he's just playing a cop. Yeah, he's cop at the scene of car accident having Slash a conversation. attack. Yeah, having a conversation with a beard. Really enjoyed yeah, it. I, and I think it's funny that in... 2021 that counts as a cameo in 2020 in 2000 whenever they filmed that 2003 who knows um that was his job yeah that was like nick offerman stayed you know like off of unemployment for a month yeah that that's why he was able to get like the good ramen that month yeah so I look, but that's a legit silver lining that in 2005, this movie paid Nick Offerman money for acting. Right. 
and set him on a stage to be one of the most beloved actors and personalities in popular culture. For all we know, it's what kept him going so, until until he made it. Right. He goes and is like, you know what? I am going to audition for that Will and Grace role. I don't care if it's a small part. Something tells me. The love of his life. So there, we found love in this movie, too. <laughs> we made it up. But but you know what? I went to a Did werewolf we? website and I saw that it was true. So what's that? I said I went to a werewolf website and I saw it I was did. true. I, so. I, 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 I sent you the link. That's how you knew. Yeah, it was geocities.com backslash werewolf backslash Nick hyphen Offerman hyphen met hyphen. <laughs> uh, Tilded one eight seven six. Yeah. The dollar Cursed. sign. Cursed. <laughs> um I mean, I, yeah. I, well, another thing, like, the, like, hints at changing, I thought that was some of the best special effects work in the movie. Like, when their eyes would, like, switch to werewolfy for a second, or some of those little moments. Uh, but whereas a lot of the other special effects were definitely lacking, even though we are in the silver linings portion. Do you think in this universe that it got out... That Craig Kilborn's like head booker and Scott Bayo's manager were werewolves. It seemed like by the end that they people would have known that. I mean, they definitely did murder a werewolf. Yeah, like in Although front they, of. We didn't get the scene where like when the werewolf gets killed that it turns back into a person. Yeah, but like in yes, Casey it, just caught fire for some reason. Yeah, but like, did that get out? Like. <laughs> Holly, weird man. Who knows what's who's on what's going on? Yeah, maybe they covered it up. Maybe Judy yeah. Greer was that good of a publicist <laughs> that even in she had, she had uh, fail safes in case uh, something went wrong. We were filming a werewolf movie <laughs> at the club opening. <laughs> yeah, and we accidentally murdered a bunch of people. <laughs> John Landis. Oof. Um. Too too soon. Speaking I, yeah. of American Werewolf. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, that did I don't know if you have anything else, but I feel like I mean I feel like we did it, I think. Let me make a good werewolf movie, Hollywood. Or oh, failing that, make a werewolf. You know what? Sorry. I did I, I meant I knew there was another thing. When I mentioned Jesse Eisenberg Googling werewolves, my other favorite Jesse Eisenberg moment. Is when he's Googling pentagrams and then he looks at his hand and he looks at the screen and the screen has two photos. One is a, a hand with a pentagram on it and one is the hand with just the five like wounds that would shape a pentagram. He looks at his hand. He clearly has the five wounds matching identically the photo on the left. He's like, hold on, wait a minute. But he grabs a Sharpie. <laughs> and draws a pentagram and then it's like oh god loved it well i mean they say that whenever you have an uh a wound that uh you should draw a ring around it so you can judge if it's getting bigger or not yeah that's what he was doing uh or if it's several wounds nearby you should connect the dots I I heard that one of the many deleted scenes or rework scenes in the four different reshoots was at one point he takes his hand to Milo Ventimiglia to ah, Milo Ventimiglia and he shows him the pentagram. Then he goes, "That's weird." Also, I think your hand is bigger than your face, 
and he holds his hand up and then he smacks it to him. Perfect. Yeah. So, and then he has the mark of the like the pentagram on his face too. So I'm really <laughs> sad they cut that. Yeah. This is not. I know. I know we're in the silver linings portion, but I feel like related to the pentagram stuff. Um, when we sort of get the reveal that Joshua Jackson is indeed a werewolf, like he puts his hand on the window of Christina Ricci's car, and the dots are connected on his hand. Mm-hmm. Because he had you went to the same website. Went to the same exactly. That's yeah. clearly what happened. Also, that would be so obvious. Just want to throw that out there. If that was how you could tell, I mean, we never see other people's hands when we're out in public. No, I mean, granted, I don't spend a lot of time looking at people's palms, but I would notice if they had five distinct sores. It would come up also if they went to the doctor or, you know, just ran or like, shook hands with me. Yeah, it feels like that, like at, at the very least, there should have been more characters wearing gloves because he had presumably been a werewolf for a long time and no I one had he ever... said he was born a werewolf yeah so and no one noticed his whole life that he very clearly had a pentagram on his palm until he made the one mistake that they tell you not to do if you have a pentagram on your palm which is do, bang it out with Ju- with, with uh, Judy Greer well I was gonna say you press it against Christina Ricci's uh car mirror like window until it shatters yeah that that's the other mistake those are the two the two they tell you not to do what i want to know is so if he had relations with judy greer relations while not a werewolf was there like some like bite play is that how that happened you know, Andy, you're going to have to go to jesse eisenberg's websites and do that <laughs> googling on your own because i can't answer that for you well, uh, tune in next week when I've done my research and I'll, I'll let you know, uh, cause that's what, uh, Aaron Henkin taught us that we should, uh, you know, sell forward what's going to come up. Can I ask you a question and maybe you can, you can do this research for me if you don't mind. Sure. Could a werewolf listen to this podcast? Would it burn their ears when we said oh. silver linings playback? I think it's metaphorical silver. But I mean, I don't know, like picture frames, apparently. Or well, that, like but the, just... but that picture frame was stainless steel. Well, it didn't. Well, she, that was a fake out. But like the silverware or whatever in the drawer that right, I was Right, the, the pie cutter, the pie server. Yeah. So that did. But that was actually silver. Okay. So I hope so, because I, 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 I would hate to have to alienate listeners, because we've been doing this for a year and a half now. We can't change. And we, we had a talk. When, you know, you want to sit down when you start a podcast and you want to talk about like, you know, what's our demographic and werewolves were like purely on that, like Venn diagram of, of listeners we want to reach. One of my goals with this podcast is for a werewolf to let go of a set of nards and stop to listen. (laughs) Because we all know if you can get them to do that, then you have their attention because they will not let go unless they're really into the conversation. I think we did it. <laughs> Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. Hey, this is Chris. And this is Joe from the Curioso Podcast. 
and we give our stamp of curioso approval to the podcast that you're listening to right now.